0: Welcome to the Rich Roll Podcast, episode 26, with Michael Arnstein. The Rich Roll Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Rich Roll. Who am I, if you're new to the show? Uh, I am an ultra-distance triathlete. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, I am the best selling author of a book called Finding Ultra, which comes out in paperback May 21st. I am a public speaker, motivational speaker, a very passionate uh, advocate on behalf of plant based nutrition uh, and holistic lifestyle. Uh, I guess you could call me a holistic lifestyle entrepreneur, although. Even I am not really sure what that means. Uh, I'm a recovering attorney. I'm a family guy. And uh, hey, now I'm a podcaster. I started this podcast back in December with a singular goal, which is to share with you the people and the personalities that I've met along this journey to wellness um, and to be able to bring them to you to inspire and educate you to help you be more self-empowered about your health, your health choices, and fitness. So I've had world-class athletes on. I've had entrepreneurs. I've had nutritionists. I've had doctors. uh, I've had everyman athletes and all sorts of different kinds of people. This is not a triathlon training podcast. Uh, There are plenty of other podcasts out there like that. This is more a long-form conversational podcast interview style show uh and the topics uh are varied um every guest brings something different and special to the equation uh and i hope you've been enjoying it it's been really fun to do i love it uh if it was up to me i'd do one every day <laughs> i'm having so much fun doing it uh and i'm in new york city uh right now and actually with a very heavy heart uh today is the day after uh, the explosions uh, at the Boston Marathon yesterday. Uh, I had the um, sort of unique, uh, unique. what would you call it, unique experience of being at the CNN headquarters in New York uh, when the story broke. Uh, my plan was to interview Ronnie Selig, who is the executive vice president uh, and director of the health, wellness, and medical unit over at CNN. Essentially, she's Sanjay Gupta's boss, uh, and she's also uh, an amazing triathlete and a mom. And my plan was to sit down with her and chat about uh, how she balances triathlon with her very busy life and her incredibly demanding job. And as we were sitting in her office kind of just catching up, um, the story broke, you know, all of these journalists have televisions in their office and it just flashed on the screen what had occurred. And, and I was able to sit there and kind of watch how a major news organization jumps into action, uh, and response to these sorts of things. And it was a privilege to be able to kind of observe, um, what goes down. Uh, it was very much like, a uh, a scene out of that HBO show newsroom. Uh, it was remarkable. But uh, needless to say, uh, Ronnie uh, had to focus on the task at hand and we were not able to do the podcast. And it seems even weird to me to be bringing an interview to you today to talk about anything other than what transpired yesterday. I'm absolutely at a loss for words. Uh, just a, a horrific horrific event, uh, the implications of which um, I think will be uh, heard and experienced by all of us for quite some time. And uh, my guest today, Michael Arnstein, we, we get into it a little bit. He happened to be there. Him and his wife ran the race yesterday and were proximate to the finish line when it occurred. And he's going to tell you a little bit about what it was like to, to be there and you know what his firsthand experience was like. And again, it was, it was weird to kind of talk about other, <laughs> other issues. I mean, he's a highly anticipated guest for the show. There's been a lot of interest in me having him on, and I had not met him before, uh, but he's an amazing guy. But we kind of had to um, speak about that a little bit and get into the stuff that people want to hear about, his fruitarian diet and how he competes at a very elite level uh, in, in marathons and in ultra-distance runs, particularly 100-mile races. But I will say uh, that I am devastated. I have uh, a lot of swirling emotions about about what occurred. Um, it's just uh, it's unfathomable that somebody would purposely uh, do what they did on you know at an event that is meant to be purely celebratory. You know, a celebration of healthy lifestyle and fitness, and it's devastating to say the least. Um, I had plenty of friends that were running yesterday, and uh, as far as I can tell, everybody that that I know uh, is safe. But, of course, that's not the case for everyone. And my heart goes out to you. My thoughts and prayers are with everybody uh, who suffered a loss uh, or was injured or affected in any way by what happened. And I'm worried and concerned about how this is going to affect future races. I can't imagine uh, what it's going to be like at the New York marathon in November, the crackdown. And again, this sort of uh, perpetration of, of this fear-based uh, kind of mentality in society that we're living in. And it's upsetting. It's very upsetting. So my thoughts and my prayers are, are out to all of you on this uh, tragic, uh, tragic day um, to shift gears. However, uh, today I have the quite impressive and very inspiring Michael Arnstein. He is a guy who has taken a vegan diet to another level, (laughs) very extreme. Uh, he is a, what you would call a fruitarian, which essentially means that, that his diet is composed predominantly of raw fruit, um, and raw vegetables, but I think predominantly fruit, uh, and he's going to tell you uh, his story about his journey towards uh, towards this way of eating and this way of living and how it's impacted his racing, how it's impacted him mentally and spiritually. And it's quite fascinating. And it makes me uh, inspired to continue to improve my routine and to experiment with what I'm doing. I, I think you can't help, if you listen to the interview, you can't help but think... I wonder what it would feel like to to eat that way. He's such a a passionate evangelist of it, and he's living proof. I mean, he's no mere everyman runner. The guy went from running the uh, the marathon at 2 hours and 42 minutes, which, of course, is quite quick and and nothing to shake a stick at, Uh, and once he changed his diet to this fruitarian uh, regimen, he got his marathon time down to 228, which is blazing fast uh not to mention the fact that he's considered one of the top 100 mile uh racers in the country if not the world so he's an interesting guy i've been following him online for some time uh but had never crossed paths with him in person so it was a pleasure and an honor uh to meet him and i got to meet his wife and his daughter who were also in his office in midtown manhattan um they had just returned from boston Uh, Michael was still wearing the shirt that he wore during the race. He hadn't even had a chance to shower or change. They got out of Boston. They drove back to New York. Uh, He caught a couple hours of sleep, and he lives north of Manhattan, and then he ran into his office in the morning. Uh, He's a busy guy, uh, and our time um, was somewhat limited, and I feel like this interview barely scratched the surface of what this guy has to offer and there were so many things that i wanted to ask him about that we just didn't have time to get into but i have a feeling uh that i'm going to be seeing more of him and so i would urge you to consider this as just uh the first installment in what i hope to be a number of future interviews with this guy if you've been enjoying the show and want to support, please. Uh, take a quick second and throw a comment up on the iTunes page. Uh, we love it. It helps with the, uh, iTunes rankings too. Gives us a little bit of a higher profile and I appreciate it. I know a lot of you guys have done that and it means a lot to me, man. Some great comments up there. Uh, also we put a donate page up on richroll.com, a donate, uh, there's a banner ad, uh, on, on my site. Um, and, uh, if you've been digging what we're doing and want to throw us a few bucks, Hey man, that would be awesome. But you don't have to. The show will always be free. Uh, another way to support us is to use our Amazon banner ad uh, on the right hand margin of ritual.com on the blog page or the podcast page. If you're going to buy something on Amazon, uh, just click that button first. It'll take you to Amazon. Buy whatever you're going to buy, like my paperback, which you can pre order. <laughs> Uh, And it won't cost you anything extra whatsoever, but it throws a couple pennies uh, our way and helps uh, keep us afloat. Uh, Actually, you can just put that, um, the link, the URL from that banner ad, you can just put it up in your toolbar. That way uh, you always have it there and uh, you can feel good about your Amazon purchases knowing that you're supporting what we're doing. But only if you feel good about that and only if you feel like you've gotten some value from what I'm trying to bring you. We're brought to you today by On. I am a total gearhead. I love researching the latest technology for the sports I enjoy. And I've learned that people often overlook apparel, but what you wear isn't just clothes. It is without a doubt technology, technology that can make or break To get you moving, On is offering an exclusive 10% discount. To redeem, head over to on.com slash richroll and use code richroll10 at checkout. We're brought to you today by a very exciting brand new sponsor, Go Brewing. I am sober. I don't drink. And I devoted That's gobrewing.com and use the code richroll for 15% off your first purchase. We're brought to you today by recovery.com. I've been in recovery for a long time. It's not hyperbolic to say that I owe everything good in my life to sobriety. And it all began with treatment and experience that I had that quite literally saved my life When you or a loved one need help, go to recovery.com and take the first step towards recovery. To find the best treatment option for you or a loved one, again, go to recovery.com. That's it. Uh, Let's get into the show. Really excited to bring to you today the fabulous and inspiring Michael Arnstein. All right. I'm ready to rock. <laughs> That's way better. All right. Michael Arnstein in the house. All right, dude. Nice to meet you, man. I'm here. Thanks for uh, inviting me up to your, uh, your lair, your business lair. Thanks. It's more like a uh, museum to incredible running accomplishments. Yeah.
1: My wife likes to call it like the, um, the ridiculous shrine to Michael Arnstein. I, yeah, this all the walls are pretty layered with the awards, but it's it inspires, it inspires me, though.
0: It is. It's impressive. I hope you'll let me uh, take a few pictures that I can put up on the blog of your, yeah, pe- sure. your metal hall. <laughs> it speaks loudly, but uh, it's awesome, man. And I've been waiting to uh, – I've been anxious to meet you for a long time, so it's a real honor and a pleasure, and thanks for taking the time. Um for, uh, people that are just tuning in, it's the day after, uh, the Boston marathon and, uh, Michael and his wife, Victoria ran the race yesterday. Uh, and from what I understand, you guys finished, you were running with your wife and you finished, uh, sh- uh, not that, not that, not that long before the first explosion. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. My, my wife, uh, was running her first Boston marathon and she's, you know, very supportive of what I'm doing, but for a long time uh, she's, she's kind of wanted to experience uh, some of the you know the, the wonderful things that I'm able to experience. So uh, because she did qualify after trying for a number of years, I decided that I would uh, run with her during the event so we could mm-hmm. kind of really enjoy uh, enjoy the experience together. Um, so normally I'd be, you know, way up front finishing, uh, you know, a lot sooner, not have been anywhere near this kind of uh, experience at the, at the four and a half hour mark um but we were we were right in the mix i mean it went the bomb went off uh less than 10 minutes after we crossed the finish line and um we were we were very close
0: wow so can you just describe a little bit about what the scene was like uh, the chaos and and what it felt like to be right in the middle of all that
1: we were obviously really happy to be done with the uh, the run uh, my wife was struggling quite a bit. She hadn't trained as well as she could have for the uh, for the race because she had some uh, she had some nagging issues, uh, and and she she really pushed to get to get through. Uh, and she wasn't able to really walk that well, so we we, we didn't get too far from the finish line uh, in ten minutes. So when the bomb went off, it was like it was just surreal. I, I mean, I don't know if anybody listening has ever been in around like a real explosion, but it just goes right through you. You know, it's like there's this. <clears throat> shockwave and a blast and and uh you're stunned you know and you and we turned around and saw this huge mushroom cloud and then within a few seconds another bomb went off and then it then you just have this like instinctual reaction of of you know fight or flight and and uh my uh, wife's reaction was flight (laughs) yeah (laughs) and and understandably you know and and that was everybody else's reaction and uh, we, um, we didn't know if another bomb was going to go off at any second. So it was pretty scary uh, for, for, you
0: know, a good 10 minutes. Right. And so you just skedaddled out of there, just tried to get as far away from the scene as possible.
1: Yeah, we uh, we, we just we hopped over the barrier, which is pretty remarkable because uh, walking fast wasn't really an option, uh, right. you know, just prior to the explosions. Um, and then I said, we just got to get away from the crowds. And we ran down an alleyway and kind of hid in an alcove uh, for about a half an hour until we kind of felt like things were safer and then we we got out of there
0: oh my god i mean you know just watching the footage on television you know i i saw it was sort of on repeat on cnn you see the first one i think it was the first one go off and there's a guy in the middle of the road who just gets blown over it doesn't i don't think he was hit by anything but just the sound wave you know the shock wave just knocked him to the ground and you know it's it's impossible to even wrap your brain around you know, how devastating this is and and what the impact is going to be on future events. And it's just so awful and and tragic that an event that is all about celebrating a healthy lifestyle and is triumphant for so many people had to turn so dark.
1: Yep. I couldn't agree more.
0: I mean, what were your emotions, you know, coming home? Did you fly back to New York last night? We, we drove
1: drove up and, and you know, I've got, I've got a lot of mixed emotions to be honest about the situation. Um, Obviously, uh, anger is, is something that would be pretty acceptable in this kind of situation. And that's, that's really where, where, where I'm at. I'm angry. Um, I'm angry for what's going to happen with the insurance companies now with big events, what's going to happen with police unions and, 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 you know, f- bloated security budgets for, that are, in my opinion, pretty ineffective. Um, and, 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 and basically, uh, the culture of fear right? right? and, and, and people being, uh, manipulated in, in living in a, in a way that's not very functional. And it's, it's a lot of it's wrapped around fear and, uh, being an ultra runner. Um, the only thing that you really want to fear is fear itself. Mm-hmm. You know, having, having confidence in yourself and, and, and uh, in your ability to get through adversity is, is what, is what makes success, uh, in, in sport and even in diet. And, uh, and my overwhelming feeling after being in that experience is, you know, give me bib number one next year. I will be the first person on the starting line, and I will run. You know, all the way to Boston with no fear. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the the people that are trying to push us back and 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 have us hide out and not get you know congregate in crowds and 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 just be uh, just be in fear is something that I want. I want. To, I want to fight to the
0: death. Right. I mean, we do live in a culture of fear and it seems to be getting worse and worse and, you know, media doesn't help and it foments all of these emotions and it imprisons us, you know, and there's some, you know, the the unseeing system that likes us, you know, afraid and, and cowering and it's tragic, really. And the truth of the matter is, You can't police 26.2 miles if somebody wants to do something, you know, they're going to be able to do that, whether they get away with it or not is a different matter. But, you know, you have a choice as a human being to on what you're going to focus on, you know, and it'd be very easy and convenient to focus on this and put a lot of energy into it. But uh, I think there's a better path.
1: Much agreed. Yeah,
0: so you know, I, I think we're all struggling with it right now. It's so fresh; it's hard to have any perspective on anything that's happening. I mean, it just happened, and I was actually in—I uh, was in the CNN headquarters, uh, right off the newsroom, when it happened. And uh, I was going to interview Ronnie Selig for the podcast. She's the director of the health unit. She's like, you know, basically pulls all the strings. She's like Sanjay Gupta's boss. I was sitting with her in her office. And you know they all have TVs on in their office, and and right when it happened, and I watched her like jump into motion and start manning the phones and trying to figure out how you know how they were going to cover this, and it was it was quite amazing to see how a major news organization, you know, manages a breaking story like this. It was it was incredible. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, there's so much to be told still on this, and it feels weird to, you know. There's been a lot of people emailing me and tweeting me saying, when are you going to have Michael on the show? And a lot of excitement about us sitting down and talking about diet and running and and the like. And and I want to do all that, but it also feels weird emotionally to, you know, kind of talk about anything but Boston right now. But I suppose we're going to have to do it anyway.
1: Yeah, I I agree. It's it's tough to kind of focus on anything uh, – with with such a horrific event taking place, uh, I like to think that the uh, the message here is 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 trying to look at how we live, whether uh, how we associate uh, our, our lives with certain foods that that don't you know do do well things for us, or whether our lifestyle choices with with how we exercise or the lack of. I think we think we got to focus on not living in fear, looking for better ways to do things, and um, and never giving up. You know, mm-hmm. constantly trying to evolve towards sustainability
0: yeah and i think there's a lot in common sort of this metaphor of food and fear in the sense that you know both you and i have made certain choices in our life about what to put in our body and we both feel strongly about that and love to evangelize on some level i suppose uh, and, and similarly, you know, you have a choice about what you put down your throat, right? And you have a choice about what kind of information you want to let in and affect your emotional body. And that goes to fear. Are you going to live in fear or are you going to live in faith? Are you going to put foods into your body that don't serve you? Or are you going to put foods in, into your body that elevate you and have a higher vibration? Yep. So, And I think it, it, it always comes down to personal responsibility, really. It's about... You know taking a stand for yourself and and you know having enough self-respect to treat your body uh you know in a more positive way and i think it extends to emotions I and mean, we were talking a little bit about before before we were recording um you know, just about food and how everyone, you know, sort of wants to focus on the diet. And, and obviously you're somebody who, you know, has chosen a particular diet, a fruitarian diet, and that raises a lot of eyebrows with people and you've performed amazingly well and your results speak for themselves, but also, you know, sensing a frustration from you that people want to just, that's who you are. You're the, you're the fruit guy, you know, and, and how do you, Sort of penetrate beyond that and get people to understand that it's more about the food. You know, it's sort of where where is this food journey going to take you, and what is it going to unlock inside you, and how are you going to express this new vibration f- f- that that comes with a different way of eating and living? I mean, can you speak to that a little bit?
1: Yeah, I think uh, it, you know the I I've, I've g- I kind of gave myself a, a trade name um, to to to. To kind of carve out um, you know an, an, a, a niche in, in trying to gain some type of attention focus um, and, and and fruit is is definitely that focus but um, but I, 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 what I, I like to think that that what I'm trying to do is get people to kind of not just think about fruit but try trying to get them to think more on their own two feet yeah, try to use more intuition um, instinctual thought. Um, over necessarily what what they're being told to believe mm-hmm. um, and 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 if, if, and diet is a, is a huge uh, a huge thing in people's lives that i believe is is heavily influenced by uh, unnatural forces that really don't have the best interest uh, for that individual um, so I, I i like to think that when i when i um, kind of threw out all the traditional thoughts about diet and, and kind of started listening more intuitively to 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 my own you know instinctual thought processes i saw a a huge change obviously in my diet but but it also it also went well over into every other aspect of my life you know how how i thought about uh running my business um how i tried to uh, develop uh, or improve relationships uh, with my wife my kids and 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 even uh friends and family um so although the, the the focus is is you know change your diet, think about food differently. Um, it, it, I like to think that I'm trying to get people to start thinking differently all, all the way around, um, mm-hmm. and and diet is is one place to start that, and that's my focus.
0: Right. Well, food is something we all share, and we all have to eat, and uh, it's a starting point. You know, I always look at it like it's it's the first. Step on a journey that will eventually and hopefully take you to you know different places spiritually, emotionally, mentally, etc. Um, and uh, you know I think it's a uh, it's important, and I think it's a difficult leap of faith for people though, uh, because these messages about nutrition, it, at least from mainstream culture, are so deeply ingrained and embedded in our awareness from the time where little kids were taught you know milk does a body good or you know you need s- steak for protein and all these things and kind of overcoming those notions you know i'm realizing the longer i kind of you know walk this path just how difficult it is to get people to shift their perspective and and even just question the status quo about it
1: yeah i agree um and i and i also i also think uh, a lot of people don't don't add into the equation of diet is, uh, it, you know, I'm lot, lot not just in, in how is this food going to potentially affect me on a physical, uh, on a health level, but, you know, where's the discussion about, um, food being sustainable and, and morally ethically part of the greater world that we live in and, and, and the world that's going to be created tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm constantly hearing people challenge, uh, the way that I am eating as a, on a nutritional level. Um, but I, 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 rarely hear or don't hear enough about those, those moral, um, and environmental issues. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even if somebody came out and proved with, with, without a doubt that, um, eating red meat or, 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 you know, chicken or, or fish was just like the best thing ever. And, and if you ate it, you'd, you'd, you know, live better or longer, or be able to perform at a higher level. If that came at a cost of uh, of, of just you know terrible s- social uh, irresponsibility, uh, or uh, on a level where there's just tremendous you know suffering on the part of those other creatures that we share this world with, then I-, I don't think it's worth it to eat that way, even if it you know might make you run or jump more or higher or or live longer. And I think that's uh, that's something that people just don't focus on enough
0: no uh, absolutely I I mean I share that completely and I've said it before if somebody said oh you could you know if I could prove to you that your performance would increase if you ate this or that I wouldn't change I mean I, I I have made a choice to not participate in that system and I don't take any higher moral ground than anybody else and I'm not preaching to anybody and I'm not trying to say that anybody else is doing anything wrong I just am choosing for myself and what seems to resonate best for me um to, you know, to avoid those products and to try to eat more sustainably. And I think we do need to think about that more. You know, I think that, you know, it's impossible. I mean, there is a zeitgeist happening and there is a a lot of momentum behind these ideas. You know, when movies like Food Inc. come out and and people really are thinking about these issues in a way they never have before, but I also think that there's a long way to go. I mean, all you have to do is kind of go through airports or, (laughs) you know... Uh, you know, when you travel, you see, you know, it's easy when living in Los Angeles, uh, to eat the way that I eat, but, uh, I'm, you know, I become increasingly aware of the, the difficulties and the challenges ahead when I, when I leave town. Um, so let's get into fruitarianism. Uh, this is amazing to me. You, uh, you know, I thought that I ate really well and you've really taken ultra running and, uh, and the vegan diet to another level completely, and it fascinates me uh so you 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 basically why don't you just break down for the audience who might not be familiar with what that term means and kind of take us through what your what a typical day in your your life of food is like.
1: Sure, I'll, uh, I'll 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 try to talk a little fast, try to squeeze it all in uh, for people that that don't know my history or or, or what fruitarianism is. Is for me, um, I my my kind of path. I like to say started when I was uh, about 16 years old. I'd say pretty much, it's been a almost a 20 year journey at this point. Uh, when I was in high school, I decided that I I wanted to try to improve my running, and and the the magazines at that time talked more about you know stop stop with the red meat or the fried foods, and that's pretty much what I did for a while. I I wouldn't eat burgers, and and I eventually cut out um, fried foods, and 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 never really uh, made it kind of like my identity, but I, I'd say that it 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 was becoming more of a focus in me. To, uh, to to do everything I could to improve. I, I, I my impetus was I wanted to, you know, win. That that really was why I was making the dietary choices. Uh, as I got older, I got out of high school and, and I moved out west. Uh, I was, I grew up in New Jersey and I moved out to New Mexico. I, I kind of got more into the, the natural, you know, holistic thing and in, in living in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And, uh, and I, I, started to get more into the spiritual side of not eating animal products. And, uh, and then I started cutting out what I thought was unhealthy foods at the time each year on New Year's. I, I every year I would say, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to give up, uh, chicken, and then, then the following year, I said, well, I'm going to give up on cheese. And then eventually I said, I'm going to give up on, on eggs. And then the next year it was anything made with eggs or had egg products in it. And, and then it was uh, dairy. And, and by the time I think I was about 25 or 26, I was, I was pretty hardcore vegan. Um, and I did try raw food, I think, when I was about 27 for about three months. I read like a David Wolf book. And uh, I started eating lots of avocados and nuts and seeds, really high fat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did that for about two months, and I did lose weight. Uh, I did not feel good. Even though I was trying to convince myself that I was feeling better, I really wasn't feeling great eating those kind of foods. And it wasn't, it wasn't long before I kind of gave up on it, went back to kind of the, the cooked whole foods, macrobiotic diet. Um, and I I continued to... Uh, perform at a reasonably high level in marathons, triathlons. I did the Ironman in Hawaii and, and, uh, and then, uh, got a little bit out of shape when I had kids. Um, and, and then worked a the two a little, maybe too many hours and kind of had a little bit of a midlife crisis when I was in my late twenties. Uh, and this decided that I wanted to go back into running more, maybe do go try to go back to the Ironman in Hawaii, and um, and I started reading more books on, on continuing to improve my diet, although I really felt like I kind of had it dialed in. I was still reading supplement reviews, and I spent quite a bit of money at the vitamin shop, uh, but never really saw any type of improvements, anything really substantial. And then I, I did read a book by Dr. Doug Graham uh, called 80 uh, 10 at my wife's insisting, uh, which which advocated a raw food diet but a very low-fat diet. Uh, Diet, which which was very different from anything that I'd ever considered before. I thought the other uh, recipes in the book were quite comical uh, because for breakfast, I think it would say, it said like, you know, uh, six bananas, <laughs> right. peel them and uh, enjoy. And for lunch, it was, you know, uh, <laughs> strawberries and papaya, cut them up in a bowl, you know, and, and enjoy. And, you know, for dinner, it was lettuce and, you know, big salad and enjoy. You know, it's like, this is nuts. No one can eat this way. You know, you're just going to eat raw fruits and vegetables. And, and of course, like a, a good, uh, you know, obsessive compulsive uh, runner and, and athlete, I'd said, Oh, I'm going to give this a try. It sounds nuts. And I, and I, I tried it and, um, and I ended up losing quite a bit of weight and I knew weight was a big issue and really performing at a high at, at the highest level. Um, and uh, the rest is kind of history. I, I, I dramatically improved my running times uh, qualified for the Hawaiian Ironman again.
0: Right. So just to put it in perspective, I think you were like a 2:42, 2:45, 2:45.
1: I'd run the marathon at that point in my life, in my late 20s, probably 30 times, and I'd I'd always run somewhere between 2:45 and 2:50 when I was training, you know, reasonably hard. Um, and I could I just I was convinced there was just no way I could run much faster than 2:45. Um, and then, but I, I knew if I ever was going to run faster, I had to lose body fat, mm-hmm. and uh, and I I I started eating nothing but raw fruits and vegetables, mostly fruit. And um, I think I think in about six weeks, I went from a, a two forty. I, I had an initial PR went down to two forty two, and then I went down to two thirty four. It was wow. like, ink, I mean, that's a uh, for some, six weeks. Yeah, for and somebody who knows for about a seasoned running. marathoner,
0: yeah. that's a huge.
1: I mean, that's, that's, go- that's going from, you know, running like six fifteen pace to, uh, down to, you know, like under, under six minute miles, um, for a marathon, which is entirely new gear. Uh, it's just,
0: and that the training was the same. So you didn't alter anything. in yeah, the
1: Yeah. I was still, I was at that time I was running by 85 miles a week. It was, it's purely body weight and it made sense to me. I, I said, it's physics. I, I, you know, I went from 130 pounds to 120 pounds mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and, I could cool better. I was always hydrated, and uh, it was just easier to run. Just easy to run fast. Uh, I subsequently ran many, many marathons in the low two thirties, and I really wanted to break that two thirty barrier. That was that was that was tough. I had to I had to bump up the training and, and put a little bit more dedication into uh, into working really hard towards that goal. But I, I definitely. Uh, Yeah, kind of give credit to the to improving my diet uh, drastically to to breaking that two thirty, which which I did uh, at the Boston Marathon, uh, I think in two thousand nine when I ran a two twenty
0: eight. Two twenty eight, right? That was that was. That is blazing. Yeah, Yeah. it's blazing fast. And and so when you ran two twenty eight, how long? how long was that then then that you had been on the the fruitarian diet I think about like, two, like two,
1: two, two and a half years or something like that right
0: but to get to the 235 was literally six weeks with yeah. yeah 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 and so aside from aside from the the dropping the weight uh you know what are the other sort of indications that led you to believe that this was suitable for you like on a daily basis, like how did you feel in training and what are you eating when you're training and how are you recovering and, you know, are you getting sick and run down and all of that?
1: I saw a really big difference in uh, in my mental focus, clarity. Uh, I just, you know, my my mind was just really sharp. I can, you know, remember being at at meetings with at work prior to changing my diet and I just, you know, I, I have that brain fog or like, you know, you just, like oh man maybe i should start drinking coffee again you know i'm just mm-hmm. not able to stay on you know task with everybody and and after i changed the diet and i was just eating mostly uh fruit i, I just i was so with it it was just i was three steps ahead of everything uh, in, in my mind and uh it just it's a huge part of why I, I i continue to stay on the diet is the mental clarity so that that's a really big thing and then there are all kinds of physiological changes that happen that were just really dramatic i never had dry skin again uh, weird stuff like ear wax. Just I, I just you know I put a Q tip in my ear after I take a shower and there would be like no wax in my ear and I'm mm-hmm. like is this even normal? Uh, there 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 was uh, I had fungus on my toenails that just went away and all of a sudden my toenails looked real nice. Um, I, I never had uh, mucus in my throat. I wouldn't wake up in the morning. I thought it was normal to like get in the shower every morning and just like kind of like you know clear your throat and cough up some big yellow snot ball and mm-hmm. I just that was gone. Uh, didn't even have a lot of, you know, mucus in my nose o- almost ever. Uh, I, 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 I gotta really look at a list because... Yeah, I, I, how about I really...
0: the, uh, the beautifully floral, uh, bowel movements? Yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs>
1: it, going to the bathroom was just, <laughs> I mean, it was, uh, you know, without getting into too much detail, I mean, it takes me wow, longer to you... <laughs> urinate than, than to, uh, than to go to the bathroom, uh, the other way. It just and, slides um, right out. Yeah, I, I just there's the uh, I, i've got I've got to look, look at my list because there's so many things that have changed that i've I've just forgotten about yeah like crust in your eyes uh-huh. you know like I, every morning you'd wake up and you know you'd have that little crust ball in your eyes and everybody does that right that's normal well, I never have crust in my eyes in the morning when I wake up uh-huh. uh, I, what else is there i you know my sense of smell got really heightened um, i got uh I, I never really had uh any injuries after i i changed my diet I, I think that has a lot to do with you know being hydrated all the time and constantly never water, get sick water content yeah so high, high water content and never, never get a cold mm-hmm. i mean like i can't get sick
0: it i just it's incredible yeah. incredible it's amazing it's amazing
1: it is you know it, and it's I'm incredible not, and I'm, I'm like i'm not selling anything i'm right.
0: You know, like, yeah, you have, you're not financially invested in anybody doing this or not. Not at right? all. You're just a guy who who went from 242 to 228 in your marathon and you feel great.
1: Yeah, I'm just saying, like, I got to pinch myself. I don't know what the hell is going on. I just started eating raw fruits and vegetables, mostly fruit. And, like, I became like Superman. I mean, I was I was a regular, like, you know, pretty good runner in, in like, you know, my local community. And, like, then a couple years ago, I was the fifth American finisher in the New York City Marathon. Like, that doesn't yeah, happen. <laughs> it's
0: insane. How old are you now? I'm 36. Right. So you look like you're 24. <laughs> and, and, and also, for the listener out there, I mean, you know, the marathon times are, are kind of a benchmark. It makes it's easy for people to understand what those mean. But, but really where you excel is in the ultra running and in these 100-mile distances where you're, you're in the absolute elite category. So so, when did you start getting into ultra running, and 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 how has, um, you know how has that kind of evolved over the last couple of years? I mean, I can't even keep track of all your f- top finishes. It's like it's too much work for me.
1: When I when I got into the the marathon running, and I and I eventually hit that sub two thirty, I, I kind of said, well, maybe I should run try to run two twenty four, and I I
0: think I could run
1: two twenty four on a faster course and perfect weather, and I said, nah you know, I, I I'm really. The sub two thirty was where I what I wanted. I did that a couple times, and now I wanted to move into a new challenge. And then the ultra running was like, wow, that's that's tough. You know, I've done the Ironman. That's that's a tough. That's an ultra, but like, wow, could you imagine a hundred mile run? Like that's that's like incredible just to wrap my brain around that. And that I really uh, really got into um, into that challenge. And I, I started running the ultras. And uh, every single year uh, that I've been on this diet, uh, I have improved in performance, which I think is important to note. Um and I most recently ran the uh, the eighth fastest American time ever at the hundred mile distance, uh, twelve hours fifty seven minutes. I did that in December two thousand twelve, which is seven forty five per mile average mm-hmm. for a hundred
0: miles. That's absolutely and insane. I, I,
1: and I ran the last marathon just at three hours. That is amazing. So I was you know I'm running I'm at mile seventy eight and I'm running six thirties
0: and I'm and I'm feeling good. Not only that it sounds like, I mean, most people will, will run a hundred miler, you know, they'll peak for it and they'll do maybe one a year or two a year. And it seems like you're racing, like you're, you're doing your, pa- how many, how many hundreds have you done in like the last 12, 18 months? Yeah. I mean, the, the recovery
1: obviously is, is just second to none eating this way. Uh, and I've proven that, uh, and I can stand tall and say it's true because I, i raced, I think 1400 miles in 2012. I was, I mean, basically every weekend I was doing a, you know, an ultra, a marathon and not just doing it, you know, kicking ass, winning mm-hmm. top three, doing really well. And the, the only reason I, I wouldn't race more is because, uh, I've got three kids and, and a wife and it, you know, it's i uh, I've got a business to run and, but I, I just love to get out there and just go. And, and after a hundred mile run, um, I literally in within, you know, 24 to 36 hours, I don't, I don't feel like You're I run sore. 100 miles. And I've proven it. I, I, ran the, I, I ran Leadville, and then um, two days later, I ran a 239 marathon and won it. Wow. And I and I, I could have run faster, but I didn't need to because I was winning. Uh-huh. Tell people who
0: might not know what Leadville is.
1: Leadville is, uh, is considered a quite difficult 100-mile uh, race at altitude in Colorado. It's a trail race. Very high altitude. And um, I finished as high as fourth place there under 18 hours. Um, and then And then you know within days'm uh, I feel like I'm ready to go, ready to rock.
0: I'm super proud to announce But come on, this is preposterous, right? Yeah, right? Like, where are you getting your protein? Come on, yeah.
1: Where am I getting my protein? And, and I'm getting, I'm getting my protein the same place that other animals are in nature are getting their protein from plants. Mm-hmm. And it all starts at the lowest common denominator. Uh, you know, carnivores are eating animals that are all made of protein, but all those those land animals are eating plants to build all that protein. So the cow, the horse, the rhinoceros, the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. They all ate plants, and those those plants have amino acids, which those animals can synthesize into proteins. Uh, so it's, you know, the science is going to constantly involve of how people make their own protein and how it interacts on a molecular level or in their body, and they're going to understand it at a much more advanced level in 20, 30, 50 years from now. That, and And it's like, you know, does it even matter? Does it even matter to do these tests and these studies? Because you know it's like you just eat what's in nature as it's created it's worked for you know all of eternity and you know trying to break the stuff down and 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 you know go and bring it into the laboratories is just
0: you know it's just a it's just a waste of time well it's also it's it's a complex system you know so i think we've seen that when with supplements when you extract a particular nutrient out of a whole food and take it as a supplement it doesn't interact with your body in the same way that it does when you consume it in the context of a whole food. So it's a matrix. And, you know, I think to be able to fully understand it is, you know, I don't know if we're there yet, you know, but I think that the touchdown of what you're getting at really is eat nutrient dense foods that are low on the food chain. Really?
1: Yeah. Simple stuff. It's just found Mm in nature
0: and try not to like, you know, make it more complicated. It needs to be, Mm -hmm. And uh, That's the thing that I think people struggle with, though, is they think it is complicated because they think it it, it sounds extreme. And I guess on some levels, you know, when compared to the way most people eat, you know, you could characterize it as extreme and it just it scares people. So, you know, how I mean, it is extreme.
1: Yeah. Extremely unusual to eat this way. Right. In America, in industrialized cultures, and that's what people are are feel fearful of. Is socially, it's totally different. Uh, economically, it's it's extremely expensive, which is a whole another topic, and, and one of the main reasons why I think people really can't eat this way. Uh, but if you take yourself out of this this matrix that we're living in, of of the way we think about food, and you put yourself in a totally different environment, like and 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 i mean like you bring yourself back to nature go to like a super remote area in a tropical region very similar to where humans probably evolved and you put yourself there and let's see how easy it is to make a fire in in a in a a tropical jungle where everything's wet let's see how easy it is to catch animals to eat them you know it's let's see what you're going to be eating in that environment and and uh I've had the, the fortunate experience to, uh, to do a lot of my business in a country called Sri Lanka in a very rural, very far removed um, area in the world that hasn't been corrupted, where there isn't anything but maybe Coca-Cola, uh, where people eat extremely simple. And, and when I go to this country on a frequent basis, I see how people eat, and I see their, their psychological culture around food, and mangoes are growing everywhere everywhere papayas are growing everywhere and peep and coconuts are growing everywhere and this is what people are eating as a primary source of calories Mm -hmm. they're not thinking about doritos or the supplements or you know am i getting enough protein or you know they're just eating what's free what grows naturally and what sustains them and is sustainable in 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 in, you know environmentally And, and 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 that's they they're not scratching their heads thinking what am I gonna eat today? Am I getting all my nutrients and blah blah blah? They're right. all at, at a good healthy body weight body composition whether they're seventy or eighteen years old. They're all basically able to function at the same level in terms of walking or carrying things, and it's a sustainable way of life that's been going on for forever. Right. And so when I see that, I, it gives me a lot of confidence. But like you know what? It's not crazy to eat nothing but apples for you know a day or papaya or mangoes or lots of tomatoes it's like this stuff's grown in nature and it sustains everybody if that's what they're eating because it's healthy and it's like man it's it's like stop stop trying to find ways of you know finding the 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 problems
0: with stuff and 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 focus on just enjoying life what do you what, what would you say i mean there's this huge trend in diet right now to the kind of uh hey sweetie it's okay. His daughter came Sorry, in. Sorry, my daughter just. It's all right. Um, this, this uh, you know, low carb, no carb, uh, no sugar, no sugar, no grains kind of protocol, um, which, to be fair, is very focused on, you know, all the artificial sugars and all of our foods, but also kind of says, hey, even fruits are bad. Hey, even fruit juice is bad. You know, you got to stay away from all the fructose and all the sugar. And that's the, that's the roadmap to health
1: i'm not going to say that if you just eat you know bacon eggs and ham um you're not going to lose body fat i mean every everybody i think sees that atkins works to some level to lose body fat you know it's
0: well ketosis it's just it, a physiological process that occurs when you're not eating any carbohydrates. yeah right? i
1: mean you know shackleton went to you know this to to antarctica and survived for you know i think like two years eating whale blubber and and seals and stuff like that i mean it's the human body is incredible. We can sustain ourselves on, on virtually anything. I mean, you can eat your shoes if it's made out of leather and, like, get by for quite a while. But I think it comes down to what's what's optimal, what's most sustainable, you know, in, in, our, in, our, in our world that we live in right now, and, uh, and what, what's morally the right thing to do. So, so like I said before, even if, it's, even if you could have better nutrition eating that stuff, you know where's the discussion of this not being sustainable? There's too many humans on the planet. Mm. We can't eat animals, in, it, consciously when we really care about our, our future generations. It's just we can't do it. So whether it's healthier or not, I, I just think it's a moot point.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, there's also this debate about you know grass fed grass fed beef and raising animals in a more ethical. Way, But I just kind of look at that and say, yeah, but you're still raising animals to slaughter them. You know, I mean, the end point is the same. They might have a brief, you know, somewhat happier existence. uh, And and maybe there is an argument that that on some level that's more sustainable. But it's not a seismic shift in sustainability that I think we need. And given where we're headed, I mean, we're headed for a serious crisis point and how we, uh, you know, how we provide food to this massive, population that continues to explode in growth i agree what are we going to do
1: what are we going to do and and the writing's on the wall people only want to hear you know good news about their bad habits and the reality is is like if fish might be really good for you it might really be healthy and and i don't know all the science behind it and i'm not going to try to attempt to figure it out but there's no more fish in the oceans and it's just it's not a sustainable way to eat It's, it's it's if you really have compassion about future generations, we've got to be eating raw plants in their in their whole natural state as they're grown in nature as our primary source of calories. Mm-hmm. So I don't even I don't even try to argue the, the the points about all this stuff you know related to animal proteins or oh you don't get any B twelve in your diet well it's like okay so I, I take B twelve supplementation because because whatever the, whatever the science is I actually. Not getting enough B twelve and how I'm eating. It could be related to the fact that I, you know, eat too much conventionally grown food. Maybe it has to do with the fact that my food's just too clean because in, you know, in, there's just no dirt on it, and, and the bacteria is in the dirt. Maybe I gotta eat. Maybe I should be eating some bugs on my produce. But since I'm washing all the bugs off, I mean, I don't know all the science behind it. I try to eat whole foods. If if if, uh, if I need to take a B twelve, I'll take a supplement. I'm not gonna start eating fish and red meat. Because that's just a whole other discussion about something that's not sustainable in my mind.
0: Right, and I think the problem uh, occurs when we make the choice to overly engage in this argument. I mean, neither you or I are physiologists. I don't have a Ph.D. in biology. I'm not a nutrition scientist. Uh, and you know, a lot of other people out there that are espousing this diet or, or that diet aren't either. And we can go around the merry-go-round on this thing forever and never convince other people and they're not going to convince us. And, and is that productive? Is that a productive use of, of this forum? You know, I try to, I try to, you know, stop pointing the finger and point it at myself and try to honestly evaluate the decisions that I'm making, the choices that I'm making, and, and do an inventory of how I'm feeling emotionally, physically, spiritually. Is this suitable for me? Cause that's all I can control. You know, I mean, is this working for me? Is it not? And you know, what I'm doing is working for me. And after listening to you, it's like, I could do better. You know, I'm going to try this. Like, I'd like to see if I could feel better than I do. You know, maybe there's something here and, and being, you know, remaining open-minded to new ways I think is important too. And not evolving into name calling and, and these labels that I think can get everybody into trouble.
1: Yep. I agree. I think it's, uh, it's important to, uh, to always keep the focus on trying to improve and keep an open mind. And, you know, m- maybe I, I try to strive to only eat, you know, hundred percent raw fruits and vegetables, mostly fruit. And if somebody can't match that or, you know, live up to those ideals, they, they shouldn't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Uh, try to eat, and my suggestion is try to eat mostly high water content fruits, at least during the day. And if you eat some cooked food at night, whether you eat some baked potatoes, or even if you're just, you know, you can't stay away from that fresh Atlantic salmon, you got to have some of that. I think the focus that I like to push people towards is eat mostly whole water content fruits and vegetables, mostly fruit, because they have a lot of calories. And, uh, and you'll get most of the benefits.
0: Yeah, it's this idea of perfection. I think that um, creates a problem uh, because somebody will look at you and say oh, you know that's just too extreme or maybe they try it and they make it for a couple of days and they slip up and they just say well that was too hard and then they just go back to eating the way that they were eating before rather than alright well that happened like how can I learn from that like what do I do next what's the next best right choice rather than like you said throwing the baby out with the bathwater
1: yeah and I try, I try to stay away from foods at all costs that have control over my behavior and that affect me in a negative way. So I, I do not eat processed foods. I, I try to stay away from foods that are, you know, that are made for stimulation, um, for entertainment. Not that I can't be really entertained eating Black Mission figs. They're <laughs> incredible. They're, they're delicious.
0: So what would those foods be? Like, what, what would be your flashpoints? Like, if, you're, if you were to have a craving or, you know, what are some of those old things that you used to eat that used to stimulate the pleasure center?
1: Uh, you know, I, I, th- I think uh, that's a very good question, and, and, and uh, a lot of times when I first started out eating this way, I wondered if I'd ever get over some of those, like, flashpoints or those, like, those crutch things that I just had to have. And some of those things were uh, cheeseless pizza, thin-crusted Cheeseless pizza with you know with some vegetables on top and some sauce that was just like heaven for me and uh, and I, I ate that, that I a lot. I
0: eat. <laughs> I eat that now. Yeah, and and,
1: <laughs> and I just I thought I was never gonna get over that craving and I and I fought it and I you know I fell off the wagon quite a few times but lo and behold I stopped craving that food. After I just gave it up and I ate it less and less and less, and it, it it doesn't have control over me. Just like when I gave up smoking cigarettes when I was in high school, I don't ever feel like having a cigarette anymore. It's out of my consciousness. I don't want thin crust pizza with sauce, even if I romantic romanticize it in my mind, it's out of my you know, my consciousness. I'm not interested anymore. And it's really important that you know you think you're never going to be able to stop eating chocolate. Or, or drink coffee. If you just give yourself a chance to let it go, and you just you know you fight those urges, you know enough times you w- you will get past it. And and I'm free. And that's that's one of the greatest things that, I, that, that about about eating the way I do is that I, I food doesn't control my emotions. It doesn't control my actions. I don't obsess about it. And uh, it's liberating. It's incredible to not have to eat certain things. And uh, I, I can't stress that enough.
0: Right. I mean, it's total freedom. And I talk about this a lot. I mean, you hear a lot about these, these diets that are, uh, that give you a cheat day. <clears throat> and for me, and part of this is informed by the fact that I'm a recovering you know, alcoholic, and that's kind of the prism through which I tend to approach these things. But uh, if you have a cheat day every week or, or whenever the case may be, Then you remain imprisoned to those cravings, and if it, you know, just speaking for myself, I would walk around all week thinking about that one day when I'm going to get to eat that cheeseless pizza or whatever it is. And you're never really free. And the the truth is, is that you can be free. You do have to weather that detox and break that that cycle of craving, and it takes a little fortitude and a little bit of time. But if you can weather it and see it through, then you are, like you said, completely you are free, and it, it won't occupy. A thought in your head anymore. I mean, you'll have maybe the occasional flare-up craving, but you won't walk around obsessing about it. And I think it's huge.
1: It's awesome. I mean, it's self-love, and uh, that—that it's just freedom. It's—it's great. And it's—it's not you know feeling like you're deprived. I I really, honestly, don't miss or feel like I'm missing out on on pizza anymore. I've used the example in the past that. I was brought up uh, in a Jewish uh, culture, uh, kind of a you know kosher religious household, and uh, and growing up, I never felt like I was missing out because I couldn't eat ham sandwiches. I, I, it was just something that you know, growing up as a Jewish kid, we just never ate, and I, it was not in my consciousness. And uh, and I think I think my friends, you know, maybe at lunch at school would be like, oh, you know, poor guy, he can't have a ham and cheese sandwich. It was just something I didn't think about. I, wasn't into it and uh and I, I people probably don't believe me a lot of times when i sell them i say i just don't miss eating pizza or cookies or donuts or brownies or you know rice crispy treats I, I just it's it's not something that i'm that i'm thinking about i love eating you know strawberry papaya i love yellow watermelon i, I love you know cherimoyas and just incredible incredible endless ranges of fruits and vegetables
0: and I, I read, I think it was in the uh, outside uh, – oh, somebody coming in here. Sorry. It's all right. It's all right. In the outside magazine piece on you that uh, they said that you were eating up to 30 pounds of fruit a day. Is that true?
1: Yeah. When, when, I'm, when, when you're I'm training working, really hard. Yeah. When I'm training, you know, I'm, I mean, these days when I'm doing heavy mileage, I'm out there. I'm doing a long run, uh, eight hours running, literally 30 hours a week. Um, sorry, one second. Yeah, no
0: problem. Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, um, yeah. Training, uh, when you're in, when you're in, uh, peak training, uh, your fruit intake is upwards of 30 pounds, 30 pounds a day.
1: Yeah. So when I'm, when I'm working out at, at an extreme level, uh, upwards of 30 hours of running in a week and, and, and that's, that's really what I was doing. Um, and what I do do when I'm really training for peak ultra races, I'd eat thirty pounds of food a day, and if if you you know if you, if you get a, a fifteen pound watermelon, you know maybe maybe there's five pounds of of that you know fruit that you don't eat, but it's 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 still fifteen pounds a weight that I gotta you know right. take somewhere and open up. So when so when I when I go shopping at the fruit wholesalers, I you know for ten days I'd really be taking home like you know three to five hundred pounds of food, and and it's I'm going through it.
0: Right. And and it's interesting too that you sort of rooted out the wholesalers. Like you know, in New York City, you can walk down the street and there's food vendor, you know, fruit vendors all over the place. You can buy that, and I'm sure there's some are better than others. But you figured out the source where you, you, the 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 wholesaler that's providing all of these people with their fruit and just go directly to them, right? So you're getting the the preferred price on it.
1: Yeah, to get down to to some of the nuts and bolts of why people. I think have a hard time even attempting to eat this way is because one, our, our society is not set up to help, you know, people to eat healthy. The dollar menu costs a dollar because the government, you know, is in a lot of ways subsidized and controlled and influenced by these huge, you know, large corporations. And, uh, fresh fruit and and vegetables, you know, there's no, there there are very few large singular growers of these things and uh, the food's perishable and it doesn't have shelf life and there's not a lot of profits in it. There's a lot of risk.
0: And it's not, it's not conglomerized like, uh, you know, the, like the grain industry and and the processed food industry. So they don't have an effective lobby group in in Washington that can throw a lot of money at that and and make it shift in, in those pricing structures.
1: Yeah, so so i even though I I, I make a reasonably uh, good living, I, I don't want to go to and spend uh, you know f- thirty bucks on on ten pounds of apples. I mean three dollars right. a pound is is crazy, and and especially when I'm eating as much as I am. So so I had a I, I mean it's crazy. I go to warehouse loading docks and I I'm buying fruit you know
0: in these like industrial zones <laughs> these guys must think you have your own store or something like that there's no yeah. way that this guy could be eating all this fruit
1: yeah it's uh it's pretty funny to to go uh, talk to these guys and and they just don't believe that i'm gonna eat this stuff and i'm like nah you know my <laughs> wife eats a lot of fruit and so do my kids and and I will, I've got a, I've got a, you know, twelve passenger van that that I fill up with with fruit uh, every every, you know, ten days, two weeks, and take it home to my four refrigerators in my basement.
0: Oh my god!
1: And uh, yeah, I'm committed. I'm committed. But I, health is is what is most important to me. It's my number one priority, and uh, the results speak for the, themselves. And um, you know, I, I put that that's very high priority in my life. And unfortunately, for most people, they don't have the infrastructure to consider even doing that. Um, unless they live in a big city there really isn't a place to go where you can buy stuff in bulk and, and it sucks you know there's a lot of people that can't eat this way logistically um,
0: and yet you know a lot of people live proximate to a big city or in a big city and probably with a little bit of research they could find the wholesaler in their area I mean is there anything online is there like a resource online that you, you go to or that you could share with somebody to learn a little bit more about maybe a, you know, a more cost effective way of approaching this
1: I mean, just a simple Google Map search, and just type in like fruit wholesaler, produce wholesaler, and you'll probably find you know the closest place near you. And and I, I think you know, like I said before, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. If if you know if if you can't get good fruit uh, at a particular time of year, or because you're in a kind of a you know su- uh, a location that's just not supplied well with these type of things, you should still focus on trying to eat as much whole, f- high water content foods as you can. And, and and that is you know the message that I that I that I want people to hear.
0: Right. And what where do you break down on organic versus non-organic?
1: I personally do not eat a lot of organic f- fruits or vegetables. It's a major concern for me. Uh, it's a it's a real um, hole in how I eat, and uh, it's it's kind of it's the last frontier for me. Is is trying to grow either my own food or be able to you know maintain a uh, consistent supply of of really high quality organically grown fruits and vegetables um and i don't really have a good answer for that uh if you got the money i say spend it spend it on organic whole you know fruits and vegetables and then let that be your health insurance investment instead of your
0: 401k And how do you uh, kind of navigate this with your your kids? How many kids do you have?
1: I've got three kids, 12, 11, mm. and seven. And they they don't live in, you know, a cult with, you know, some crazy father. <laughs> you know, if, if we take them to the amusement park and they're seeing funnel cake and they got to have it, I just say, listen, if you want this stuff, it's not healthy for you to eat it. I, I wish you'd rather go for, you know, the, the apples or the oranges or the sliced up fruit. Um but you're gonna be able to make your own choices. And I said I try to lead by the example and, and my kids now that they're getting older definitely are trying to make better choices. Um, and, and they eat a lot of fruits and vegetables, but yeah, they, they eat pizza too.
0: Yeah, I mean that's very similar to what my wife and I do with our kids. We just try to lead by example in the house, prepare, you know, really great nutritious meals. And they go to their friend's house and they're going to do what they're going to do, but they're armed with the information to make make the best choice. And I have two teenage boys and to see them wake up in the morning and, you know, blend kale in a smoothie or something like that in the morning is because they want to, you know, not because I'm, they don't, you know, whether I'm watching them or not, they're making that choice is pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, speaking of that, where, where do you come down on juicing and Vitamixing and blended drinks versus just eating the fruit, you know, in its natural state?
1: I'd say the only reason I don't juice or blend more is strictly because I'm lazy. I, I don't have anything against it. I think, you know, there's a lot of discussion about how you could probably get, you know, more nutrients uh, and digest food maybe even easier, especially vegetables with blending or juicing. Um, I just don't do it because because I'm lazy. I love the simplicity of just, you know, grabbing a piece of food and sticking it in my mouth.
0: Right, right, right. Okay. And what is, uh what do you have coming up? What are you training for right now?
1: Uh, this is 2013 and I've actually made a commitment to my wife and kids that this is kind of like the the year that I uh, take it easy or <laughs> focus, not take it easy because I, I don't think I really know how to take it easy, but focus on other things. I'm spending a lot more time into, the, into spending time with my kids and putting a lot more time into business, uh, trying to you know, get my financial situation a little bit more improved because over the last seven years, I've sacrificed a lot to kind of prove to people that, you know, this type of diet and lifestyle is is not only sustainable, but it's optimal. Um, so I'm, I'm really not training for anything serious right now. I'm probably running anywhere from 60 to 90 miles a week. I run to work a lot. So it's part of kind of my lifestyle. I I still exercise, but I'm not really, I'm not training per se right now. I'm going to do, I'm going to, do some fun races at, at, at a recreational pace like the Leadville 100-mile race. Probably going to go back to Greece and do the Spartathlon. Um, I just ran the Boston Marathon. I've done that 18 times. It's kind of, you know, more lifestyle at this point than, um, than just be real competitive. Uh, I'm 36, and it's time for me to, to kind of move on. I, I don't want to say that I'm retiring, but uh, I think probably until I'm 40, I'm going to be backing off quite a bit.
0: Right, priorities shift a little bit. But we got to find a way to make sure that as many people out there as possible hear what you have to say because it's it's a really powerful message, man. You got to write a book.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm in the midst of writing a book. I'm actually going uh going away for like two weeks to lock myself in a cabin and uh and, and just yeah, bang okay. it out. And um I, I've got I've got a lot going. Uh, I've got I've got some really good stuff that I'm writing and I'm excited about it. Hopefully by the end of this year I'll be I'll have that book out. It's going to be called Fruit Is Fast Food, and um it'll 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 talk more about what i've been talking about
0: nice man well if there's anything that i can do to help you with that or help get the word out or whatever consider me a resource um, well, cool, man. I know you've got a, uh, you're super busy here, so let's wrap it up. I could talk to you all day though, for sure. So hopefully I can, maybe when I get back to LA, if you come to LA, I'll have you, uh, on the show again, or we can Skype or something like that. Cause there's so many more questions I want to talk to you about, about training and, and, you know, lifestyle and parenting and balance and, and all of that. And, you know, all I can say is that you're an inspiration. You've set, uh, the bar, uh, you set the bar high, and uh, I think I'm going to explore some some new dietary and lifestyle changes because uh, you're exuding health, and you are an athletic specimen. I mean, your results are incredible. You're you're a very elite athlete. <laughs> yeah, he's saying, "All right, man, know, take dude, it easy." I'm I'm, I'm just, serious, uh, man. You you uh, you have inspired me, and uh, it's awesome to uh, at least grab a little bit of your time today. So I appreciate you uh, carving it out.
1: All right, fruit is the future. It's the original fast food and uh, eat it and live life to the fullest.
0: There you go, man. Is there anything else you want to promote or anything like that? Any uh, website? Old you're, you, People can connect with you at the, the com. Is that the best place yeah, to offer you
1: And I think, uh, you know, if people want to s- spread the word to try to get the message out, uh, I love talking to reporters. I definitely believe fruit is the future. It's the ultimate health food. Uh, and it's 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 um it's gonna happen i think i think we're all moving in that direction of sustainable uh f- food for for this incredible population of humans on the planet and uh i've got complete confidence that uh, raw fruits and vegetables are just gonna gonna win we're gonna win we're gonna win guys so that's the good
0: news all right dude all right man thanks for your time peace plants